0: fourth-year student at the Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada, and uh, me and my co-host, Humayun, are representing the Institute of Diaspora Research and Engagement at our university. So basically, um, our institute focuses on studying what international communities contribute to where they're located now. So personally, I'm from the Korean diaspora, and my co-host is from the Iranian... Diaspora.
1: So, Humayun, do you want to introduce yourself a little more? Sure. Um, I joined the Diaspora Institute about uh, six or seven months ago, and um, I was really interested about the kind of activities that they were doing, which is uh, connecting to the community and to minorities, and studying, uh, researching about them. And finally, um, saying the results to the people of like what is going on in each uh different community and what kind of problems they are facing and how is their day-to-day life um most importantly uh we all know that covid happened um coronavirus and it impacted all of our lives so for the goal of this podcast uh we went on to uh have an interview with two international exchange students um who were facing uh who had to make a decision on what they are going to do in in their um, exchange experience and um i was personally really interested to hear about their stories uh since they won that they went on the exchange and uh, what happened and how the COVID impacted their lives. Uh, Laura, do you want to share about uh, your story of joining the institute?
0: Yeah, so um, I wanted to join the institute as because I want to learn about the different cultures and communities we have here in Vancouver as well. So, um, you know. Vancouver is a really multicultural city, but you really don't get to learn a lot about the different cultures people are from. And being in this institute taught me different things from the Taiwan community to the Rwandan community as well. And it's just really interesting to open my perspective on the different things and issues in the world. So that's kind of why I wanted to join the institute, was to broaden my knowledge. And as Humayun mentioned, we are going to be uh, talking to some friends who did an international exchange this past semester um, and how it was really affected with uh, COVID. So yeah, let's jump into, jump into our podcast. Um, I, well, let's get into our interviews with Denise, who is from the Ukrainian diaspora, who did an exchange in Singapore, and Sarah. Sarah is from the Korean diaspora as well, and she did an exchange at the Czech Republic. So let's see what, how their experience was. Dennis, could you tell us a little bit like about your background um, yeah. and yeah, what your story is?
2: Um, so yeah, my name is Dennis. I'm a third year student at SFU. Um, I'm originally from Ukraine, where I lived for like 17 years. Then I lived in the UK for two years during my high school. And then... Um, I was lucky enough to be selected to come to SFU, uh, where I've been for the last three years now. And as you may have noticed, I've been traveling around quite a bit, so I decided to keep on doing that maybe every two years, every two and a half years. So for this second year period, I decided to go to do some exchange. And for some reason, I just felt like I really wanted to go explore Singapore. and I applied a year in advance just to make sure that I do get in and then I got it and I was lucky enough to go there at the beginning of January and then COVID-19 happened sometime during February or anything. But I, was, I managed to stay there up until the beginning of April and I've been back in Vancouver for the last month or so, like a month and a couple of days.
0: That's awesome. Um, my friend actually went to Singapore on exchange to last oh, fall.
2: Nice.
3: So,
0: um, I, I know he like traveled all around like Southern Asia. Like did you get, did you get to do a bit of traveling before you had to come back?
2: Um, I definitely was planning to do a lot of traveling after my finals, but my, my schedule was already pretty intense. So I decided that like I wanted to do something during the term and it was a good, it was a good choice because I managed to go on like three different trips. So, um, I went to Bangkok in Thailand, um, went to Cambodia, visited the two biggest cities with a bunch of international students, also an exchange in uh, Singapore in Nanyang Technological University. And then there was a third trip where I went to Thailand to Phuket, um, with my roommate and his, um, German friend. So I did, I did go on like three big trips, but I had also a bunch of trips planned. Um, like, Afterwards, in the second half of the term, but that couldn't have happened. I had a diving trip planned to Malaysia, diving in some clear waters, getting a certification done. I haven't visited Malaysia, had not visited Malaysia, actually. I really wanted to visit um, Kuala Lumpur, KL, as they call it. And I had a trips planned to um, Bali and the lesser known sister of Bali. Um, it's so less known that I don't even remember the name of it now. But it's a great uh, spot for surfing. Uh, But I guess I'll have to come back uh, another time or another year. So yeah, I did manage to travel. I'm really, really happy with um, what I did, because I technically went on like three separate trips, was meeting three different groups of people, and those are completely different um, places. So I'm I'm really satisfied that I managed to do that. And now, of course, explored Singapore quite a bit. Went on a couple of hikes. Amayan knows, he, he likes hiking as well, and um, yeah, explored some of the nightlife, just walking around the futuristic city. Um, it, was, it was awesome. Singapore was great, it felt like you were at a resort all the time, and then everything else, every other resort in Southeast Asia is roughly 100 to $150 away from you. It was my plan to take advantage of it, so I definitely did a little bit more traveling than I normally do during an academic term but um, not as much as I planned,
1: yeah. Awesome, did you travel there alone or did you go there with a friend? Um, um, so the first
2: trip to Bangkok, I went alone, but I visited my, um, my friend who was living and studying there on exchange as well. That was a serendipity, I guess, but we hang out there. And then for the other trips, we actually traveled with exchange students from NTU, from Nanyang Technological University, my exchange institution. And we were like always together. So like maybe the only time where I was alone was like on the plane and the rest was like meeting people, which was also kind of, you know, you take risks, you know, because like you don't know how the group is going to turn out because you've only seen them like twice or three times. So there was a bit of risk, but I'm, I'm very happy with the way all of the trips turned out because we had so much fun and made some memories. Somebody had like, you know, those Polaroid like um, cameras and everything. I still have pictures um, saved somewhere. And it's just, it was a great time. It was a great time. Really cheap maybe not as cheap as you think it would be but um, I was I was ready to, to have some fun
4: yeah so um was that your first time
0: visiting all of those countries like in like southern Asia
2: um, I, I did go on a trip to Japan about three years ago that was from my high school uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't do anything outside of Japan and then mm-hmm. Uh, All the countries that I visited this time were like my first time in them. So Singapore, Thailand, and Cambodia were like my first time. And uh, I love them. I would love to come back.
0: So um, as someone who's never been to those countries before, what was like, was there any like thing of culture shock to you or like a highlight that you'd like to mention?
2: Mm, I was impressed with how developed all those countries were. You may be thinking... That, you know, if you look at the media, you look at the pictures, you know, it's always like some news stories about something not as something shocking, you know, that's how people get clicks and, you know, the companies and everything. So I was expecting a lot of like a lot more poverty, for example, or a lot lower prices or people not speaking English. But what I saw was, for example, Cambodia, like a lot of people don't even know what Cambodia is. But if you look at the Phnom Penh, the capital of that city, 10 years ago, they wouldn't have nearly as many skyscrapers as they're building, and it's a very rapidly developing city. And um, there was definitely like a cultural shock that I was expecting it to be worse, but it turned out actually to be like very good. And um, one separate thing about Phuket, um, it, it does feel like, I don't know, some European Mediterranean resort or something. The prices are pretty much comparable. They're not, like, you know, a taxi would be somewhere between 20 to $50, just like in North America. So it wasn't as cheap as you would think it is. And the nature there is, is beautiful. It's just you, you, you wouldn't think that like, yeah, Phuket is like a resort town, whatever. There is a reason why it's a resort town. You jump in the water and it's so hot. It feels like, like I don't know, warm milk or something. And you see the rocks and you see the fish, you go snorkeling, it was, oh, it was amazing. So I definitely had low expectations of the region. Especially thinking, oh, Singapore must be like the most developed and everything. It certainly is, but every other country wasn't lacking behind as much as I expected it, them to be. So
3: mm-hmm. That's, that was my highlight.
2: I was very impressed. I think having low expectations and hoping for the best is like uh, one of the good um, outlooks in life. You know?
1: I agree totally. Yeah. When I uh, when I was very young, I was like uh, seven or eight years old. I mm-hmm. I traveled to uh, Malaysia with my family. Mm-hmm. And I was just surprised by how developed that country was. That was my first um, traveling outside of my country. But I was really surprised by how the skyscrapers, the modern yeah. life, yeah. everything is just amazing.
2: Yeah. If we don't hear about them, doesn't mean that they don't develop or exist.
1: Exactly. Something good
2: in them. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, I wanted to ask, um, I know that you were taking courses at Yale. Yeah. Uh, So how was the courses over there compared to what you take in SFU? It
2: was very similar to what SFU was like. So that was one of my reasons why I wanted to explore like a completely different part of the world just to compare how education is. Because, you know, when you're in the same environment, um, okay, you're stuck in one place and you start noticing, oh, maybe SFU can improve on that. Maybe SFU can improve on this. Maybe the teaching style is different. Or like maybe the facilities are not there. I wonder what it is like to be at one of those world-class institutions that are like in top 10. And um, recently, and you actually came up in uh, position number eight in um, the Times Higher Education Ranking, so I was very impressed. Make made this jump from being established somewhere in like 1990, around that time, within 30 years to rise to like world-class institutions, right? So it's like number one uh, young university in the world, like 50 under 50. Um, and basically what I found out was it wasn't that different. You still have very similar classrooms, you still get the assignments, you still have students saying that a lot of like universities focus on doing research and improving their rankings rather than undergraduate teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, There is definitely like a certain element of um, being more prepared for like um, remote work. So when COVID kicked in and that like I think it was like even the beginning of February so we started school in the middle of January, two weeks after, maybe three weeks after, um, they imposed all online lectures, and only tutorials of less than like 40 people were allowed to be conducted. And the transition was super smooth. They either uploaded pictures or videos from like the previous term or previous year, or they just like recorded lectures in real time. You could watch them, and then they would be uploaded uh, via like Blackboard, for example, or Zoom or something um, for you of viewing. So they definitely were more prepared. I feel like, maybe as if you wouldn't have had those resources, I only recently heard that it got the Zoom license. Like a week or two ago, we got the notification. So in terms of resources, they're way more um, developed, but in terms of like just general teaching style or um, mm, like anything else you would like expect, it was it was very similar. It was very similar. It just feels like in certain aspects, they were just a little bit better. For example, like the classrooms look newer. Um, Maybe you felt that um, you were taught by some like um, world-class lecturers, but you know, also there is like a bit of a difference when you have a world-class professor doing amazing things in research, but they're not necessarily interested in teaching. Then you gotta, you have to find a connection, but definitely what my my experience at SFU, what it has been, I had a lot of lectures and not, uh, professors to do research. Then to you, every single professor I had was doing research. So you could ask them if you could participate in some projects or if you like help them with anything, like any. You know the, we, we had an AI class and the teacher was interested in some Russian and German speakers to work in natural language processing. Just to double check that the AI is doing the right thing, and they were also open to doing like projects with us. So it just feels like it was like a level up from SFU, but not as much as I expected. I expected something like incredible, some innovative approaches to teaching or something. But um, I feel that SFU could do more projects. I'm in computer science um, and business at SFU, but I decided to take computer science classes at NTU. I took four of them. And um, SFU feels like it's a lot more mm, balanced throughout the term. Of course, it's kind of stressful having like assignments every week or every other week. Um, But you do actually get to apply your things, Uh, the things that you learn. At NTU, We pretty much a typical course would be 20% Lab 1, 20% Lab 2, and uh, 60% for the final. And fun thing, what happened was because of COVID, um, they were like deciding, they couldn't decide for a long time what to do with finals. And then like one, like three days before I left Singapore, they announced that um,
1: all the finals are cancelled. Um, Dennis, did COVID-19 affect any of your plans? Like how many semesters were you planning to stay there and was there anything that you had to make any changes to your plans? Um, in terms of academic or just in general? Uh, just in general. Um, I earlier, was definitely
2: planning to stay in Singapore until the 15th of May. My significant other visit me in uh, Singapore and then go traveling as well. Uh, so those plans were completely cancelled. And, um, and I also had um, left Singapore like a month and a half earlier than I planned to. But in terms of my academic semesters, I was only planning to stay there for one. And I'm quite lucky because all of the classes are going to count towards my degree. So I'm not missing any terms or anything. So it's, everything's going as planned in terms of like my academics. Uh, however, I was only planning to stay in Canada for like two or three days and then fly to Ukraine. But and like in the middle of May, but unfortunately Ukraine closed their borders completely, they're not letting any commercial flights in, only like emergency flights. And I feel that I mean paying insurance here in British Columbia and having a generally like staying in a first world country with pretty much free healthcare system um is better than going to Ukraine and hoping to, you know, get some treatment or I know it's nice to be with family and everything but I felt I was safer in British Columbia mm-hmm. um, and I was planning to stay in Ukraine for the whole summer but but since that's not happening um, I'm here decided to take summer classes and uh, moved off campus decided to you know stay closer to the ocean the mountains it's it's great I have to say so I'm just waiting until um, restrictions are lifted maybe sometime. In late July or early August, I'd be ready to go home just, you know, for a visit because with my international traveling and everything within the last two and a half, almost three years, I went home only once for like 20 days. So that wasn't uh, sufficient. Yeah. So um, my plans are to go home a little bit more often.
1: Did you have a plan B or did you just, did you have a plan B uh, in the beginning of? like you're uh, traveling to Singapore or did you just, because I know that from the background that I know you, That you are very good in making plans and making them happen. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how was it for you? Like, how did you adjust your plan? Like, how did it feel to you to be able to uh, change your plan to come up with new things to do during the summer?
2: Um. You are right, Homayan. I do prefer having a couple of backup plans, you know, so in case something doesn't go right, you have something to fall back on. Um, so I was planning something. I was like, whatever I was planning for did not happen, and a completely different scenario occurred with the COVID situation. Uh, but I still, I, was, I always tried to have a little bit of money saved up in case of emergency, you know, like an emergency fund. And it was of great use uh, just to, be, to feel comfortable that you'll be able to go home or go back to Canada whenever it's needed. And I did think um, that something might happen. So always take a precaution of enrolling in summer, like in the next term classes, even though I'm going to go on exchange. So that was my way of, um, you know, dealing with contingency as something that I could not predict. So it definitely worked out. But one important thing I'd like to mention was that um, SFU was, has been great in terms of like supporting me, especially the International Services for Students Office. Uh, they basically guided me through like the entire like Singapore journey and like making sure that I get home um, safe and soon. And I even managed to get um, the emergency funding to cover my flight tickets. And um, it wasn't even enough to like get some of the um, hotel for like self isolation efforts. So that was, that was, that was quite amazing. Very grateful for um this opportunity provided by SFU and I whenever I talk about this, I feel a little bit awkward because whenever I tell like my exchange students, they're like, What is happening? Our university never does that and even some universities from Canada were like, Oh my goodness. We never even heard from that. Like our university just tell us to stay and SFU did, you know, went the extra mile to get us home. So that was very
1: nice. So if you want to summarize it then it's um- yeah. You know that with all of the trouble with COVID-19 and everything, we do still do this international exchange experience. Oh,
2: definitely! Like even if I knew that COVID was gonna happen, I would have probably gone even more, Um, because I didn't feel like um, like as of now. I'm very happy that I did end up going on those three trips, and as of now, I do not know when the next time would be that I'd be able to go there, and just the people that I met. And the trips that I've gone on to and the cities that I explored and small towns were totally worth it. And dealing with unexpected situations, something that makes you uncomfortable. Um, was a great deal. It was definitely stressful, but I think I've grown a lot just in terms of my let's say independence and like you have to make decisions where you don't have you don't have all the variables in and you don't know what the turnout is gonna be, so you're trying to make the best decision and I feel like Having practicing that muscle early on is going to be beneficial in the future because I feel like you know we'll, we'll have to deal with some pretty unprecedented times with I don't know maybe with climate change or some professional development stuff that it was just it would just be very unpredictable and as soon as we get comfortable with the uncomfortable I think we are going to be in a good place so that's why I do not regret going to Singapore at all and one month here feels much shorter than one month in a new environment meeting new people learning something new building those connections it was it was amazing
4: Sarah, who's part of the Korean diaspora like me, uh, and her experience abroad at the Czech Republic. Yes, yeah. Do you want to just like give us a rundown of what you did, basically? Sure.
5: Um, so at the beginning of February, I left for Prague. Um, so I left with myself and two other students from BD. And um, yeah, so February, I got to Prague, settled in, um, and my official semester in Prague on exchange started February 17th. So we got there about two weeks before just to settle in and to, um, you know, tour around the city and get to know people. And so after that, once classes started, everything um, was on like a regular schedule. Uh, so, I was in Prague from uh, beginning of February till around mid-March, and that was sort of when COVID started um, becoming a really big issue, and that was when, you know, all the countries started declaring a state of emergency and the pandemic. So, uh, around that time, I flew back to Toronto first, and I stayed there with my brother Um, while I was quarantining and I ended up staying there for a bit longer and then I ended up flying back to Vancouver about a month ago so at the beginning of March or beginning of May sorry Um, and yeah I've just been here ever since and I am still working on finishing my exchange term right now.
4: Awesome thanks for sharing um we're just wondering, what made you choose Prague in the first place as your exchange destination?
5: So I knew a lot of people who went on exchange to Europe, but specifically to Vienna. And I know a lot of people who went to Maastricht um, and, you know, different cities in Germany. But and, and while all those cities are, are really amazing and beautiful, I wanted to go somewhere that I didn't know someone went to before so um, I did some research and i just kind of came across Prague um, I didn't really know much of it I didn't really know much of the Czech Republic so that caught my interest um, and Also, I was talking to my brother who went on exchange to Vienna the year before me and he visited Prague while he was on exchange and he just fell in love with the city. And he said that it was one of the most beautiful cities that he's ever been to. So that really got my attention. So I think, um, yeah, I I made that decision pretty early on that, you know, like this is it. Like I want to experience something new. Um, and you know, I've never been to Europe before too. So sort of, as sort of my first ever city to visit, I thought Prague was a pretty awesome choice. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. Uh, Sarah, I wanted to ask you, um, it was really interesting for me because you and Laura have done exchange and I haven't. So it was really interesting to me to know, uh, what was your motivation for doing exchange program at all?
5: Mm-hmm. Um... So I actually really wanted to do exchange even before I started university. I already knew like, okay, so at some time in my university career, I want to do this. Um, and I think that kind of stems from my love of traveling. Um, so I was, I was born in Korea, um, but I moved to Canada when I was five. So after I moved here, um, uh, my family and I, we've visited Korea multiple times now. And I've also visited Korea by myself. Um, so I think in total, I've been back maybe seven or eight times uh, since moving here initially. Mm-hmm. And so I have I think from doing all of those travelings and also traveling to different countries, I just really fell in love with experiencing new culture. So I really knew I wanted to do this while I was in university and I thought it would be a really great like just a win-win like being able to study in another country you know still getting your credits but then at the same time like meeting new friends um learning about new cultures and getting new experiences I thought I thought this would be like the the thing for me so I was like so excited even before uh, I started and I'm really glad I did it.
4: That's awesome, and um, you mentioned that you traveled uh, abroad a, quite a bit before your exchange. So, of all the cities and communities you visited, what stuck out most to you in Prague? And did you find it as beautiful as your brother said it was?
5: <laughs> yes, it was. It was like jaw-droppingly beautiful. I think um, Prague is is known to have a lot of really unique architecture. So, there's a lot of tons of museums um and you know gardens there's like a national library um and there's like cathedrals and castles and and uh chapels and things like that and 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 i think what was really cool was there was a definitely a mix of like modern architecture and historical architecture so everywhere you would look like for me I think I was just in shock the whole time like when I was in the city like I just couldn't help myself but just gasp like every time um and at a point like my friends started making fun of me because I would gasp so much um and especially like my European friends I like have kind of seen, like, similar buildings and things like that before, but for me, like, this was my first time in Europe, so, you know, it was just mind-blowing, like, how beautiful, like, all the architecture were, Um, so I thought that really was amazing, uh, in Prague, especially, and also, I learned, I actually didn't know this before, but Prague is very affordable to live in, Uh, Mm. so for me, like, that was great because vancouver is a very expensive place to live in um so when whenever we would go like grocery shopping or even just shopping in general like everything was so much cheaper so um that really was was cool and so i would highly recommend if anyone is thinking about like living in europe for a bit like prague is a very 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 good place
1: Um, from my perspective, I was thinking that North America is very similar to Europe in every term, but would you say that there are some differences, like, in terms of education system, or you said about the architecture, would you say there are any differences? Mm -hmm.
5: I, yeah, I think there are so, like, I was trying to think of a similarity, but it was really hard for me to think of, think of them, because there were so many differences. Mm Um, I would... I noticed that, like even the classes that I were taking and and the profs and things like that, compared to SFU and the and the classes that I've taken, um, the classes in Prague were definitely more relaxed. I would say, and they had less, um, you know, like homework and assignments that we had to do. I think the, I think the teaching styles were different. Um, so I I felt like profs at SFU are definitely more hands-on. Yeah, I would say that was, like, a pretty big difference in terms of education. Um, but I would even say, like, with the culture itself, Vancouver is so, like, multicultural. There's It's literally like a mosaic, right? Like, there, it, it isn't made up of, like, one singular ethnic group. Um, but in Prague, it's very evident that you know 90 percent or something like that is made up of the czech people um and so you don't really see a lot of other other ethnic uh people i would say the only other group i saw um was like uh there was there is a small vietnamese community there Mm. um so you would see some viet people but yeah, other than that, you wouldn't see much. Although, like, there are a ton of tourists there. So, mm. you will see tourists. But if you were to look at the local people, there isn't really much diversity. Um, but, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, there's just so many differences, I think. Like, just the way that the city looks and the, the infrastructure and the roads. Like, it's all cobblestone, mm. there and Like, um, but... I mean, I can't, I can't say like one is better than the other, though. Like they're so mm-hmm. different, right? So sure, sure,
4: fair enough. Awesome. So, like, based on like you said, it's mostly like Czech Republicans um, in the local community. So, have you noticed anything? Like, do they treat foreigners differently, or do they look at you differently? Um, how How was adjusting to the Prague community?
5: So I learned this um, in the very first class that i took so it wasn't a class actually it was it was more of like an introductory to the czech republic like a like a how to live in prague 101 class mm-hmm. that all the exchange have to, exchange students had to go through um, but one of the czech um, i want to say fa- faculty members she walked us through what a local Czech person is like. And she told us that they might not be very nice. And, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, Oh, like, you know, like, I wonder why they're like that. Um, but she explained that, you know, since there are a lot of for or a lot of foreigners who come, a lot of tourists, like Prague is a basically a tourist city. Um, I think you know, locals might not want that as much, and you know, they do cause disruptions. Um, you know, to their daily lives. Also, a lot of the older Czech uh, residents they don't like to speak English. So, mm-hmm. if if they ever come across an English speaking person, they you know would either just start speaking to us in Czech or not respond to us at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and yeah, I think, I think those were like kind of the key things that I sort of learned. Um, but I think what the, the lady was telling us through that class was, you know, at first it might seem like that and they might seem a bit rude, you know, they might seem cold, but you just understand that it's because they're not comfortable with speaking English. And the more time that you give, you know, spending time with them, the more that you will be able to. Um, get to know them and for them to open up so um, I think it just takes time maybe a bit more with the Czech residents to be you know comfortable with you and so uh, she told us like not to be afraid if they give you like a really weird look or like if they stare at you for a bit longer and I definitely felt that like whenever I was in a tram or anything like that and like I'm like talking English like speaking English with a friend like there would definitely be people looking at us. And I think especially maybe because I'm Asian too, like they wouldn't expect that, but, but yeah, uh, that's what I realized.
4: Thanks for sharing your, uh, like insights on when you went on exchange. I kind of want to shift the conversation a bit to like the pandemic and how that affected you particularly. Mm -hmm. I think you said you quarantined in several cities, like you quarantined in um, the Republic and then also in Toronto, right and then also Mm. in vancouver i guess you're kind of loosely quarantining now so Mm. was there any differences or similarities you noticed on how the governments or the general communities were dealing with the pandemic
5: Mm -hmm. um so in the czech republic so the government was very quick on locking down the city. Um, So they closed, like, all the restaurants, shopping malls, um, everything basically except for essential services very early on. I'd say, like, a week before, like, the world shut down. Um, So they were very quick on doing that, but they didn't really enforce social distancing as much. And so what I realized was, but what I noticed was they very emph- like very much emphasized wearing masks. So if you were to go outside without a mask on, they would actually charge you money.
3: Wow.
5: So they'll fine you. Yeah, they'll give you a ticket. Uh, I, I, I can't remember how much the ticket was, but uh, it was quite a bit. So everyone would wear masks um, everywhere you went. Uh, but there was no, there wasn't like a, key uh health figure i would say that they really Mm -hmm. looked up to like here like it's bonnie henry you know that and she's sort of like the face of bc's like health like regulations and stuff like that right now but i don't know maybe because i i wasn't in czech republic for that long when quarantine happened like i didn't know if there was like a go-to person to listen to um or like website or anything like that. But it seemed like it was just like news reports that were coming out and not like, a, like an official like live stream or something where they broadcast the news. Um, yeah, so it was like that in Prague. Um, and so then I flew to Toronto and I was there for around a little less than two months. Um, so not super long either, but when I was there... People, it was sort of in still in the early stages of COVID because it was it was in March, like mid March. I went to Toronto, and um, people still like wore masks and stuff. But I think it wasn't as heavily in, the social distancing wasn't as heavily enforced as well. Um, so you know, people would still just be hanging around and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like they were they were you know. Like grocery stores that, you know, didn't really do social distancing as much. Did, people just wore masks. Like, they didn't really do social distancing. But I think as time went on, you could notice that a lot more that people were setting up like markers and signs and and procedures a lot, like telling people like they couldn't come in if they are not wearing a mask and things like that. So I think with over the two months span, I noticed it prog- how it progressed in Toronto,
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, but. Yeah, I, I think then, like, coming here, um, it was just around the time when the weather was starting to get really nice, and, you know, people were, were allowed to, like, leave out, like, go outside a little bit more and things like that, so um, definitely... Th- things seem way more relaxed here than any of the other cities that I was in. But I, I think also it's, it's because of the timing that I was in all the like, different cities that they were all different in their regulations and policies mm. and things like that. So, uh, But yeah, it was really interesting being in three different places and noticing how how things were going, right? So, yeah.
1: Awesome. I was really uh, interested to know... like. How did COVID affect your plan, and more importantly, how were you feeling about it?
5: Yeah, it it shifted a lot of plans. Uh, it was it was pretty devastating. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so I left Prague around mid March, but I was actually planning on staying in Prague till the end of June. So it got cut basically three months short. Um, and I had a ton of p- travel plans, uh, you know, booked. So I was, you know, planning on going to Berlin and, uh, Paris and London and all the, like the, I just wanted to experience Europe and I wanted to mm-hmm. go to all like the key, uh, tourist cities that, you know, it's like the classic cities that you need to go to. So, um, and especially cause it's my first time in Europe, I just wanted to kind of cross everything off the bucket list. Mm-hmm. So I, I booked all the, uh, the all the flights in advance, and I um, I was even planning on going to Ireland for St. Patrick's Day,
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, and just you know being like, yes, I've, I'm I'm <laughs> in Dublin, and this is like a one time ex- like one time experience. Uh, so I definitely had a lot of expectations for that, but um, it. When I think when everything happened, it all went down basically within a week week's time. So mm-hmm. literally on Monday, it, I went to class as normal. I was in class with my friends and I just got like a uh, notification from a friend who sent me a screenshot of our website from our school in Prague saying that they were going to cut Classes for the rest of the day because apparently someone with COVID was on campus. So they just decided okay, like for the rest of the evening, classes are all canceled. You Mm -hmm. can go home now. And also, they decided all of Tuesday's classes were going to be canceled too. So initially, we were all like, yes, like that's awesome. We get one day, like let's go out, you know, let's have fun. Um, And then, but then when Tuesday came around, that was when they announced that class was going to be cancelled till the end of March. And that's when people were like, okay, something is happening, Mm -hmm. you know. Um and so that's when um people started to get concerned about their classes because some of them had uh like intercession classes that were planned like for later the week, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, and then and then as the week progressed, you know, that was when at the end of the week, that was when Trump announced that they were closing borders for Americans, and I think on that Saturday was when Trudeau announced that they were going to also close borders, mm-hmm. you know, f- f- uh, to U.S. and things like that. So basically, from Monday to Friday or to Saturday, even like everything just happened, like so quickly and so for me like it was so hard to wrap my head around everything that was going on and processing it and then all of a sudden all my friends were saying that they were leaving Mm -hmm. and so um it it uh it was it was hard yeah it was Mm -hmm. sad and and I think for a long time I was in shock I didn't know what to say I didn't know what to do and and I just sort of just wanted to stay, but I knew deep down I couldn't. Um, So I just kind of had to, you know, accept the fact and move on. And I think after I got to Toronto and I was able to sort of process things there, that's when it kind of hit me. Like, wow, like this, this happened, like this came to an end. So uh yeah it was it was really sad but um i would say like i don't regret going on exchange i know people have asked me that um i it was hard and it was it it was sucky but it it was still like such an incredible i think throughout this time like i really focus on like trying to stay positive and trying to see like you know the good that it could that can come out of this situation so i think like. It gives me hope, like, okay, I have, uh, someday I'll have a second chance to go back to Europe and see all my friends and maybe be able to visit them in their home country and home city. So, um, yeah, it, it, like, gives me hope that, like, you know, maybe, like, this this will mean, like, I get to experience Europe in a much better way and different way next time. So,
4: yeah. yeah, that's a really good outlook. Like, um, I was going to ask you, like, what... Like, how do you think this pandemic is, like, really affecting the world? Like, what's your personal philosophy on it? Do you think there's more good to come out of it than negative?
5: I think it, the pandemic has helped sort of make us, like, give us a reminder that we need to slow down life. And I think I kind of take that a little personally, too, because, like, for me, I am typically like a very like go 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 person. Like I love to just get things done and mm-hmm. and be busy and fill my schedule and and almost to the point of almost to the point of me like burning out. Um, but it's reminded me that I just need to relax. I need to take a step back. I need to breathe, and I need to um, take time for myself and and to really think about like. And prioritize like what's important now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I don't know exactly like what what my like thoughts exact thoughts are like of if it's bad or if it's good. Like like there's just so much happening from it and you know our lives are going to be changed for a long time now I think like things aren't going to go back to normal like this is kind of our new normal Um, so there's you know bad from that but then there's also a lot of good and I think um, I think that oh I hope that a lot of people also see the good and not just the bad Um,
4: yeah yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story, Sarah. I think we learned a lot. And sharing your story is actually really inspiring.
3: So.
5: <laughs> oh, thank you guys for having me. I feel very honored. I, when when Laura messaged me, I was like instantly like, yes, I want to <laughs> do this. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
1: Thanks for joining us and sharing your experience with us.
0: I also want to let you guys know that Uh, we'd love for you to share your stories as well and suggest anything for our podcast That is, as this is a very new podcast. So you can reach out to us at SFU underscore Diaspora on Twitter or reach out to the Institute of Diaspora Research and Engagement on Facebook. We also have a website at sfu.ca slash diaspora dash institute dash html if you want to check that out. We are more than welcome from... We'd love to welcome all of your feedback and make this podcast have a lot more interesting stories to tell. So I can't wait to um yeah, I can't wait to we can't wait to hear
5: from you guys.